Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. This is Laurie Mitchell and you are listening to Manifesting a New Earth. Today I want to talk about the ability that we have to go one of two ways, either into, into superstitions or uh, go into conscious and thoughtful new knowledge. So while we're talking about moving forward into new possibilities, the moment you start opening your mind to receive more truth, you get a lot of it. When your intention is to to hold the truth and to be more open-minded and to explore and discover more about what the real world is so that you can create a new earth and a new world. And the world I'm talking about is the human worldview world that we agree on how it's all going to be. And that fits right into with the planet and the cosmos and how we are a part of that and how we're going to continue being a part of that. So what I notice is this kind of mental madness that comes up when when we get confronted with things that are way far out from a source that we trust, but maybe that source didn't research it and got some information. So there are some pretty wild theories, and I'm not saying they're not true, but I'm not saying they are true at this point. So, for instance, um, there are theories about moon bases on the dark side of the moon, and whoever living there, whether it's human or non-human um, species living there. I'm talking about whether or not people walk through a Stargate now, even in the last couple of decades, and walk onto Mars. There are, there are all sorts of theories and well-researched sources who bring up and who will continue to bring up new ideas because we're sharing on the internet. Now, if you don't want to be thrown back into the superstitious dark ages of communities, of your own community, then you really have to, like I've said before, use discernment. But also notice when it's time. So you do not deny new information or that will stop you at the doorway and slam the door. You have to be open to truth, but you have to say, well, that sounds interesting. And obviously, when we hear these new theories, if it's not just a hobby of learning about conspiracy theories, if it's beyond that, that we want to embrace new knowledge and compare theories to see what truth there is in it, then we also want to see how that applies to us. So in the dark ages of human communities, in the uneducated cultures in our past, we had no source of authority except the church and um, pretty much that was it, but the state sometimes, but that was more like whether you were doing right or wrong. But the church had the, all the churches had the the patent on, on what was truth. And we can explore that for ourselves. But back then, when people discovered new things, they went straight into 
it was like an emotional reaction and began to build up superstitions about universal laws and energy and how nature really works because it was outside of their reference point for the dogma that they had been given about truth. And so they, they rejected it, but they also knew that it worked, that it would come back to them, so they labeled it as something, whether it was like evil spirits or, um, you know, whether it was that they had a, a pattern that they knew if they if they stepped on a crack, then something was going to happen, or, you know, black cats walking a path, whatever. Then there were these new superstitions. And they are beliefs that become part of the fabric of your life plus the lives of people around you until it grows into a worldview. And as I discuss in my book about beliefs, that's what slows down your manifesting. The more beliefs you have that are at that worldview level, the more all of us get slowed down, especially within our own lives. So you have your own experiences as the first degree of beliefs. You have other people's experiences that you know personally, as, and, you, and you may observe them or you may get their advice from what, has, what experience they've had. That's the second degree of belief. The third degree of belief is the dogma. It's almost nonsense now, but it's still hanging around. And when we keep going to perceived authority for the truth, and it's not on their agenda for us to know a wider and broader viewpoint of how life works, then we don't either, we either get misinformation, we get lies, or we get denial or the truth withheld from us in many different ways. And the more that happens, the slower your manifesting is because you're not dealing with the reality of a baseline that is the same. So it's like you are working against yourself because your beliefs are not aligned with the truth of how life works. It's being kept from you. Uh, you're not being educated to it. It's not a conspiracy. It's just the way it is and the way it's been developed. In the, in the, in the book called The Celestine Prophecy, the one of the first points in the, the manuscript that was found with all this, in, this new information about what was happening to humanity in this novel, it said that we have a unique view on history because we have a 1,000 to 2,000 year window that we actually can see. It's not trying to figure out the inscribed stone carvings on ancient 10,000-year pyramids that we are now in the midst of discovering and working out that there's more to our history. This, the, the history I'm talking about is one we actually get educated into. So we have been taught that we have all these wars and we have all these battles and here are the dates and here's who won and here's why and and we, this is what we got out of it, and these ideals are what we were fighting for. And yet what we notice over this time is that we are continuing this pattern that's old, and it's, it's a game. And we recognize through the longer-term 1,000 to 2,000-year history or more, it's probably more like 3,000 years of history if you wanted to be a history student and study what's available to us, that we have the same pattern. War, 
being used as pawns, being used as financial fodder for for other people's interests. It, it's, the same, it's just a different, you know, wallpaper this time. What used to happen and where people didn't have the opportunities we do now, they, they used to just have a lifetime plus a couple of generations lifetime. And then they got the dogma that would just keep them in the paddock of whatever, you know, cultural uh, barriers there were so that we wouldn't be barbaric, so that we would learn values of humanity, so that we would learn cooperation and collaboration. So it's not that the religions of the past were created for subversive purposes. You know, I believe now that, that it's very possible that they are being used that way. But when they were created, they were created for helping humanity to, to evolve. And, and it really was that we were living in times where we, we were acting like barbarians. You know, you think we're not, we're not barbarian, we're not barbarians. We act like barbarians. We're spiritual beings having this amazing human suit experience on planet Earth. And planet Earth is flipping around this sun that is flying through the universe toward a a star called Vega. And when you open that perspective, we're on this spaceship. We're on this amazing adventure as immortal beings heading toward the star called Vega. And we're being pulled along by this beautiful sun of ours called Sol. And when we take it back to that perspective, a little bit of history is just a blip. And our life may, may seem like the most important point and the most meaningful point in all of time because we're living it right now. And that's useful to have that, to have that perspective rather than that this life doesn't matter and we have plenty of time. We don't. In this incarnation, we have got to focus and we have got to use our gifts and our talents and do what we need to do, what we came here to do. And we'll know what it is because we're best at it. And it feels really great when we're doing it. And we could do it forever for free if we could, you know, just carry on. It wouldn't matter. If we got paid or not, we'd we'd do it anyway, whatever that is or some formation of it. And when you add that to collaborating with other human beings on this planet, there is a collective purpose that is unspoken. And you and I don't necessarily know what it is, but it certainly looks like expansion, an expansion for humanity as a, from the framework of freedom. We could not get here where we are now without having gone through religions, without having gone through the transition from true barbarians running around in tribes. And I'm talking about civilized tribes. I'm talking about the turn of the, the, the year one thousand, the year zero, I should say. You know, let's pick that date. And when you look at the historical documents and even beyond, as civilized as we were, where we had clothing and we had housing and we had communities and we had water and we had food and we, and we had agriculture, so we stayed in one place. 
and we had entertainment, we did lots of things, <laughs> we were barbarians to each other. So it's the lesson for this last little while has been how humanity treats humanity. And where we've come to on that broader perspective is we are all one. We are being that includes all of us. And we are playing our own part in this thing called life. But it's a broader perspective. And now now that we can see those couple of thousand years of history, we are starting to say, wait a minute, who appointed these leaders? They're self-appointed. Why are they in power? Because they have guns and they have an army behind them. And truly, that is what is keeping us here as well as our beautiful need to express the next rendition of the next version of humanity as peace. So the old ways that they know, know, it's well known through history, how to manage people through fear and brute force. And they're doing it through financial means now because that's how it's been sewn up in the last 50 years. It's been shifted specifically for that. So that's the the worldview limit for, for the control now. But we are so ready for so much more and we don't want to do the old ways of fighting and protesting violently and the frustration that we have, we're all individually beginning to recognize that there must be another way. And because the system has been set up of as controlling us through money, it mostly also reflects back the other way that those who think they're controlling the money are being being controlled by it as well because they've created a system that pretty much they're inside, not all of them. There are some that are not inside of the money system. Having said that, we can very quickly make changes that are very peaceful by spending our money differently. We knew that in the 1970s and 80s with the consumerism movement where we would boycott things. Do you know that there are laws being put in place in, in most major Western countries right now that are setting up to make it illegal to boycott and illegal to peacefully protest for industries. Very interesting times. I think at this point the contracts that we hold with a lot of the people wanting to control us are null and void. They've gone beyond any semblance of individual connection and uh, and individual hold on those contracts. They're corporates trying to make us inside of a corporate world, but we're not. We're individuals. And although you may think that that is how they see the world, you as an individual, them as inside of family corporates, it's not. There's something called a birth certificate that we all get that as bizarre as this sounds that when your name is put on that birth certificate in all uppercase capital letters, you become a corporation entity that is owned by the nationality that you were born under. And, you know, hey, go look it up and go look at some stuff about that if you'd like. 
the reality is that I didn't choose that. And even if I continue to sign my name on contracts and participate for the moment, the recognition of how this works starts to bring down the the house of cards that is so dependent on us continuing to trade our time and productivity and gifts and talents for money, for a paycheck, for income inside of a system that we need it and uh, moving that over in a different way so that it, it affects life differently on an individual level or how we spend that money and make our choices as a conscious customer. I don't like using the word consumer because it sounds like a con of Sumeria and Sumeria was basically where the banking system was in full action. So I just kind of prefer to stay away from consumer now because I don't really feel like a con of Sumeria anymore. I I feel like as a customer, those businesses need to exchange value with me. They need to show me and prove to me how they're worth the money that I've received from trading my time, my talents, my gifts, my knowledge, whatever else I did inside of that money system. So So all of this... Suddenly when you get the, the information that can get you day-to-day in a, in a better place where, okay, how does this apply to me? What can I do about what's going on when everything's going on all at once? I'm overwhelmed and, um, and I just don't know what to believe anymore. You know, there, that's that superstitious thing. Well, how you do it is bring it into your own life and pick a battle for yourself that you would like to have as a representation of what's important to you. And it could be, you know, food additives. Uh, It could be GMOs. It could be um, a particular more narrow focus within those. It could be the banking system. It could be the spending system. It could be educating people. And certainly for me, I'm a teacher. and, And more specifically, my purpose, my the reason that I'm here and I'm awakening is that I'm a translator and I've been preparing for this for a very long time. And I can see that throughout our lives, if we look back, how the tapestry and the patterns of our life have prepared us for something that becomes a purpose, not in a specific way to carry out, but rather as a broader perspective of there are many things I can be doing as a teacher and translator of concepts. And so any of them means I'm serving my purpose. So as I'm here talking to you today about what's happening in the world and how we can, what it means to you and how we can transition it into a a better possibility for all of us as well as for each of us. I'm also putting in a a place, uh, uh, being willing to teach about how to create your life from simple steps that I've realized that there, there are about seven categories for how to create using your thinking and using your interaction in the world. That's that speed manifesting concept. Again, taking the translation of all these 
concepts of universal laws and nature and success principles of the 80s and the 90s and working out not only what is a way that could be repeatable, but also how does this apply now? Goodness, you know, positive thinking ain't going to get you through this on its own. You know, that's sitting at home and hoping and wishing and praying will not get it. There is a combination of principles that you need to understand and you've been listening today, you need to hear this. You're awakening, that's why you're here listening to me today. Because you're ready to hear it and maybe you're even challenged by some of the stuff that you're getting in the world. I'm not too concerned about the moon bases right now, although I didn't like that NASA bombed the moon, basically jammed a rammed a a rocket into the south pole of the moon in 2009. Not happy about that at all. However, those kinds of things were like a gathering storm for me. When I see things I don't like happening and I can see the agenda for it, like the current stirring up of emotions that are being done between Australia and Indonesia about spying and boat people and I can see on both sides how this has been manipulated to put Australia in the position where Indonesia suddenly decides that it doesn't that they don't want diplomatic relations with us it's made up and I hope Indonesia can see that that it's not that the spying was made up it's that it's being pushed and pulled but you see how it's become relevant to me but I watch it. It's another gathering storm. What do I do in the meantime? I, I, I carry on with my life. I keep teaching. I watch. I stay calm. I notice the manipulations behind it rather than being dragged into who's right and who's wrong and what's going to happen. None of us know what's going to happen, ever. That is, the, that is the biggest lie that we live and teach and tell ourselves that we know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't. It's very comforting to pretend because then you can at least plan to meet your friend at Starbucks yesterday, tomorrow or next week. But, you know, and we show up for work every day or we get on and do our work. But in the meantime, I know from things that happen when in, in Toronto, we used to have this blizzard that would come through once or twice a year in the early in the year and it was just you know nine million people in a region would just stop they wouldn't go to work even though it was you know thursday or friday or whatever else they couldn't because it wasn't safe to to go out in this crazy weather and yet until then i just thought life always carried on but it gave me a perspective this kind of blizzard that came through and just stopped all the rules that it was okay to not go to work and you didn't get in trouble for it, that it was okay that people on the other side of the country couldn't understand why they couldn't get in touch with us back then. And, you know, that things weren't getting done because life is not a given. Because you don't know what's really going to happen tomorrow. However, it's easier to kind of put one foot in the assumption that tomorrow's going to be a lot like today but I like it when people put one toe in that other possibility that we don't really know and that new possibilities are being born and we don't Christchurch New Zealand any place that's had an earthquake that devastates it they know 
I lived there for 17 years. Both my sons were born there. My husband is from there. He was born there, raised there. And we, we live three hours flight from there now in Australia. But in New Zealand, in Christchurch, my friends and family have a totally different life than I ever had in terms of the security that I had, the knowingness about how next week would be, the financial advancement that was expected if you worked hard and you just kept going and you played the rules. It's all been wiped right down to where they get the water supply and um, whether or not they're going to get another earthquake that flattens things. So very brave people moving forward, but, but they learned that tomorrow is not a given and that you really have to look at what's important now. And so that's the, the way to stay out of the overwhelm. And especially if it does get overwhelming, please just step away from it. Just walk down the block. Go and have a cuppa. Go and breathe. Go ride your bike. Go to the beach. You know, have a swim. Watch a movie. Just stop, but don't get stuck in that. But recognize your own overwhelm. If there's too much coming that's way out there, then go, wow, that sounds like a movie. But maybe it's true, but maybe it's not. So I'm just going to watch this play itself out while I still live in this current reality. And, and I'm still working on new possibilities that are great for everyone. See, when you become a conscious creator and you really learn how life works and how human beings are designed and you start working on not just your own personal development but a new path for others, increase for everyone, as well as what you're up to and what you love doing. When you start doing that, things do change and they change very quickly. And you don't have to worry so much about all the other stuff that's somebody else's problem to sort out. Please don't take that as apathy. I am not apathetic. I'm a success activist. I'm not like a Greenpeace activist or a, um, an animal activist or, or a GMO activist. See, I, I know what's important. I come from my own values and principles, but I'm a success activist. And because I'm clear on that, I recognize that there are, there's a gathering storm for me. There's information I'm gathering. It's not time yet. It's not time yet. The cookies are still in the oven. But then when it comes time, I will know when it, was, when it will be my time to do what needs to be done from my own perspective with my own input. And so, you know, for me, that's what happened at the beginning of this series of Manifesting a New Earth. It was that, that uh, being taunted is how I, I saw it. It's not necessarily so. Being taunted by, a, um, by possibly people who know more and are keeping the truth from other people so that we are limited in, in superstitions to the point of, we just don't even know how to make life work anymore. Nothing that people do works. Why? Because we don't have the whole picture. But when you get more and more of the real picture, the belief system that has been holding all of us back who are creators and who want to live in peaceful, prosperous times pursuing our happiness, suddenly everything changes. So, that's, you, that's your path if you'd like it. That's the next gig for you. 
and when it comes time to, if you find a pivot point and, and you get out of that where people are holding back information, you start to see, because it's a pattern. That's what's really cool about it. It is a pattern and it's a game. There are strategies and, that are used specifically to play us. When you learn it, suddenly your creative method becomes very empowered because you can hold the intention when you know what you want of knowing the truth and having a expansion and it's more your actions aren't the same old way and you don't expect so much about other people to change because you realize that they don't know and they don't want to know or they're not ready or else they'd be asking questions. That's the first sign. When they start asking questions, if you make a comment about something and they ask questions, then you know they're ready for more. Maybe not all of it, but we're doing really well. Those of us that are awakening are doing well. And yes, there's an urgency. But this planet does not need us. If we were gone, it would take 50 years for her to come back. That's all. Beyond um, annihilation of you know nuclear weapons, I don't see that happening at all. I think we do have grace and protection from that, or the planet does. <laughs> but having said that, we have such an opportunity in our awakeness and our knowingness to create something spectacular. And yay, we're alive now. We're alive where we see their game. And we don't need to run into superstitions because we don't know. We're getting the information because we individually keep asking for the truth. So stay there. Stay in that calmness and do what you need to do to keep your vibration and, and look around and see what you can appreciate, but know that it's a game being played on you and with you sometimes. But you'll find your, your place. You will. Absolutely. But you don't need to go into superstition and confusion by running off into every theory. Just notice them. But, but say maybe, maybe not. That's what possibilities are. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? This is Lori Mitchell. I wish you high vibrations and calmness through these times and and I, I wish for you to expand and express yourself as your truth i think that's that's the beauty in you if you'd like to know more about the speed manifesting method you're more than welcome to come to my website and connect with with me and my work there on www.speedmanifesting.com thanks so much for joining me i appreciate you very much